Hello, my friends, and Nigel, who's most local to me right now, being only a mere matter of feet away. Hello, my friend. <laughs> Afternoon, Tika. How are you today, mate? I am good. Now, good is um, is not great. Good is okay. Why? Because I've had to relive another leadership lesson that I want to talk about today. <laughs> <sighs> the theory of constraints. Theory of constraints goes something like this. And for those of you listening, you're welcome to Google it as well, but I'm going to give you the Tim version. The theory of constraints goes like this. The only problem that exists is in a constraint. So when you work back through a problem, you basically work backwards until you find the single constraint that is holding that problem back. In order to break down a complex problem, you isolate the constraint fix the constraint and then observe what the problem is then. So it's a really nice way of working through things that might seemingly have complexity but also a great way to isolate where your actions should go. So let's give an example of, Nigel, what's a problem you have? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Bus? Nigel, hello. Uh, A problem I have. So let's look at it in... Mine is a, okay, a nice easy one, uh, time management. What do you mean nice easy one? <laughs> no such thing. They're all just the same. Now, what about time management? Uh, a lot of work going on uh, and making sure that I don't drop a ball in the, any of the areas of the business. Great. So there's a, you're right, an, an easy one to sort of look at from a point of view of there might be complexity with the person who has the time problem. So really it is what is the problem? Is it you don't have enough time um, to do everything or is it prioritizing? So what's your biggest problem? At the moment? Yeah. Not having enough time to do everything. Great. Why don't you have enough time to do everything? Because at the moment I'm learning a bunch of new skills and adding in layers of new work onto it. Great. What's the biggest priority for you right now? Biggest priority from a media point is ensuring that we get out our weekly content. Great. Why is the learning of something new stopping the production of that? Because every time we add a new layer in, there's a new layer of complexity involving a new skill set that I either haven't used in quite a long time or a completely new skill set. Great. So why are you creating more complexity? Valid question. (laughs) Exactly. So silly example but not silly because of the context but we're just doing this as a general discussion but basically what you find is when people then have time constraints like Nigel just explained you then get down to a point of he's choosing to find more complexity because he wants to increase the quality so by looking for more quality he's looking to add more complexity but actually looking at it as he's not having enough time but what he's actually saying is I don't have enough time to do what I need to do and upgrade everything at the same time so my mind's going into this infinite loop. Can you just explain for the listeners the infinite loop? Well, the brain can't latch on to an answer so it keeps asking itself this question in infinite loop of but I want to upgrade the quality of content but I don't have enough time but I want to upgrade the quality of content so it just gets into this infinite loop. So you have to stop and say well at what point do you change one of the parameters so you can have something you can aim at? And I don't want to go into this in too much complexity, but I want you to give this sort of understanding of as leaders in a company, we need to start looking at where our constraints are sitting 
in terms of a lot of things and particularly around growth. So humans are perfect at creating constraints. We do it in our personal lives. Um, We're conditioned by our family, by our friends, by our environment, by all of our experiences, but we create these constraints. So a lot of the times when we're um, working with a lot of different business owners, they're not it's not an education thing that makes them more or less successful. It's not someone who's had more experience is necessarily more um, successful. It's around the constraints that a lot of these people have in their lives or in their minds. And what we're talking about now is, well, how do you identify constraints in your mind and be able to talk yourself back through it to work out what's my real constraint? So I'll give you an example at the moment, which is, is why we want to bring it up. We're trying to evaluate an investment in a bigger office at the moment so the office is significantly bigger than the current footprint we have um, for our company but we know we're going to need it now where is the constraint sitting so we have to look at what is it is the constraint um, making a decision about whether we need so much space is the constraint around financial evaluation and whether we know the numbers um right enough is our constraint in whether we believe that our forecasts are going to be accurate because what we find with a lot of leaders is that they have real trouble making decision or real trouble pushing towards more aggressive growth tactics because they become overwhelmed with the variables but actually the variables have never even been been considered properly so In this instance, what do we need to know if we're investing in a new office now? First of all is why are we investing in a new office? Well, we need more people. We've run out of seats. We've run out of offices. We've run out of um, space to do our media. So we've had to upgrade four or five different departments and we need to move quickly. So the brain says, well, can we make this one work? You know, can we just try and squeeze in for another 12 months or do what we need to do and save a hell of a lot of money? Um, be able to you know make sure that it's done in the right time but with things like offices it's not a um, quick fix it's not a if we want to move office tomorrow we can find an office and move in sometimes there's lease left on your current office sometimes you've got to find another office and hope that the lease is the right timing because you don't want to have a situation where you don't actually have somewhere to move it's not an easy thing so particularly in something like this where it actually takes a bit of um, forecasting and you need to back some assumptions. You have to work out where is my constraint because a lot of the time the idea of investing in your business, now this is not a direct investment, this is an investment of if we take this office too early, I'd say it's 12 months too early but it's the right office for us and it's tough, you know, wherever you are, um, from a geography point of view, sometimes offices can be really hard to find. What is the amount of cash I'm willing to burn or not invest in other areas in order to secure an office like this? And this is with all big projects or major projects when leaders are self-funding it, particularly self-funding because you're not allowed to run out of cash. That's the rule. You run out of cash, you're, you're in trouble. So we're talking about how do we how do we evaluate constraints around whether they're real constraints as a leader or whether they are caused by a lack 
of information or not focusing on what people really must focus on in order to make better decisions. So in order, let's use your example, Nigel. What's, what is it that really is um, getting in your way of doing what you want to do? If, if you had no constraints right now, what would you do to free up all of it and make sure you still produce the content you wanted and at the quality you wanted? What could you do? So if we had no constraints around, we just had to solve the problem? Yeah. That would be hiring in a skilled professional in those areas of media production that could produce higher quality content in a shorter amount of time and let me focus on the other areas which I which would then add on. Great. So would that solve the problem better than you learning it? Yes. Great. So what is then the current constraint around that? So the constraint around that would be cash flow. So it would be the amount of um, – because we treat each of the – individual yep. sectors of the business separately. So I have to try and self-fund from within. So even though this is an established business, I treat the media department like a startup. Yep, absolutely. So would you know the exact amount you needed to hit that goal of yes. getting someone in? Great. So the focus more is, is it better spent on learning this or is it better spent on finding um, more clients to fund it? What's going to win first? Yeah, and I, I completely get where you're coming yeah. from and this is I think something that a lot of the people out there listening may be in yeah. and going, well, we've made a commitment or there's a deliverable from one side. So I am playing both a sales and a deliverable role. Yeah. So the focus on winning new clients most definitely needs to be there because the sooner I can jump that up, um, the sooner that we can solve that issue. But then what would you say to someone that is stuck in that, well, I've won the client, now I need to deliver against that at the same time? Yeah, and this is the the cycle that a lot of people have, and it's it's knowing what they need to do, but that that solution is causing them uh, more of the problem. So, for instance, if I got more clients, I actually have less time because I have to service them. So, these small businesses that consistently attract more clients and then run out of time to do sales and marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've seen this. You know, it's just common. This is the small business conundrum, which is how do you how do you break the cycle of winning work, doing the work, winning work, doing the work? And at some point, this is the constraint you have to work through, which is how do I break this cycle by planning myself out of what I need to do? So at what point do you start to outsource the work you need to do or outsource the sales um, generation strategies that you've been putting in? Because either one is outsourceable um, if you have the right obviously people or processes in place but this is the whole thing and this is the whole mindset even before you get to the tactics and strategies of solving these problems. It is where in my brain am I creating constraints because it's more comfortable for me not to move. So for instance, most of the most business owners that think like that probably aren't thinking what are the strategies and tactics I need to play on both sides in order to free up my time. They're literally just thinking about how do I service this client and now how do I worry about sales once I've finished doing that. So they never think about how am I going to break the cycle. So they're asking themselves the wrong problems which is how do I, how do I just do the work and that's why people are always self-employed and never become real business owners. They just become self-employed with slightly bigger businesses but it never feels like they're progressing. And this is the thing we have to 
work out is how do we overcome this as a leader of a company? At what point do we have to take a risk? At what point do we have to choose that I need to change this or nothing will change? And I think that's part of the big challenge, particularly in SMEs, is when do I break the cycle of this yo-yoing type business, which means work comes in, I do the work, need more work, get more work, do the work, work goes out. Now, why does that happen? Because every time you get to work, you're working on the client, forget the sales efforts and we have this yo-yo effect of um, too much work, not enough work, too much work, not enough work, too much work, not enough work. The only difference between someone who breaks that cycle is they actively work out what they need to start doing in order to forego short-term risk and or short-term cash flow in order to break the cycle so they can then be expandable. And what a lot of people don't understand that run businesses is you will outgrow the way you do business many, many, many times. So you'll get to a point where it just doesn't work what you're currently doing and you have to break it again and rebuild an infrastructure that can then scale at some point of view. That might be dealing with one client, dealing with 100 clients, dealing with 1,000 clients, whatever. But this is the constraint and the mindset is around what am I focused on as the business owner when these things occur? Is it why is this so difficult or is it what has to change in order to free up that area of my business? Is it sales and marketing or is it delivery? And particularly with smaller businesses, it's quite simple because you've really got two drivers of the business going in. But most people aren't even thinking about how to get themselves out of the way in either of one of those areas. So the constraint is always there. And I think this is a a really big challenge for people. It really is because at some stage, you're going to have to back yourself. So as the leader, you have to work out if I'm to risk it, and it might be, I was going to say, if I was to risk it all, who would you bet on? To me, you bet on yourself. You know, it's the, the old saying, always back self-interest, at least you know it's trying. <laughs> it's, a, it's at what point are you or, or you as the leader wouldn't back yourself. And this is, this is very important because it's, if you're a self-funded business owner, you're going to have to back yourself at some stage. And there is going to be an element of risk. Most people who own businesses think the risk is being in the business. That's survival. That's that's at the start when you're just trying to survive. After you survive and you start to get a little stability in your business, in order to go to the next level, at some stage you're going to have to start taking some calculated risks. And this is the big challenge. The same with the example I was giving before around us moving offices, there's no right or wrong answer. The wrong answer is doing nothing. The right answer is um, stay where we are for another year and and see what we can do. And the right answer as well is also take the new office and see if we can grow. The, the thing is nobody knows what's going to happen. But what we have to work out is which of our decisions aligns to the strategic plan and aligns to our forecasts and aligns to what we believe will happen. Because if we don't have that and we're just guessing, well, that's a bit silly, that's gambling. What we're talking about here is breaking through constraints based on the information that we can gather 
from knowing our business inside out. And when people don't make the decision, because even if we make the decision that goes haywire and it's a, a horrible result, well, that's fine because that's just a decision and we're, we're, we're happy to have a level of risk tolerance and that's what business is. But you must accept that being in business or growing a business at a level of scale that is beyond average takes more risk. And that's sometimes very difficult to digest for people who own businesses and have struggled so hard to get them to a point where they're starting to be able to uh, get a life out of them. Because a lot of SMEs, they've been taking reduced wages, they've been missing a few payrolls um, every so often in terms of their own one because they need to invest money back or they want to upgrade things or they want to invest in some growth initiatives or they want to bring on an employee. So they're always at risk at the start. They're always at their cost growing the business through self-funding. And finally, when you get to a point where you're starting to pay yourself regularly and you're making some good money, then the business demands in order to get to the next level, you've got to take another risk and potentially lose it all. And it's really difficult from a mental point of view to accept that the risk is probably not going to lessen. And I think that's a, it's something we need to acknowledge and we also need to acknowledge it as a leader of a game that is obvious. So if you sit back now and look at your own business and think, where do I have to take my next risk? Calculated risk obviously we're talking about. Yeah. But where do I actually have to take my next risk? What is the thing that I know that's in my path that's going to have to happen for me to reach my goals? So using our um, an office evaluation as an example, but you could substitute an employee in there. You could substitute a marketing campaign. You can substitute um, a, a pivot a, in the business. Yeah, yeah. You can substitute basically everything that costs um, capital. You can prepare for the mindset you need to work out that it's not you deciding whether it's right or wrong, that this is a requirement to get to where you want to go. Now, there are options obviously because some people bring on investment at certain stages and they go, do you know what? I'm pretty sick of just risking my own money or the business's money. I might bring in some external capital and people then who invest in you are believing in you and the risk that you're prepared to take too. But that's why a lot of investors demand that um, you've got skin in the game because no one wants to put their money into something that you won't put money into. So I think for a lot of people who are out there, you need to start thinking about what is your tolerance for risk and what do you really want to grow because there are different types of growth. There's organic growth where you're growing your business, it's a good business and you might grow whatever percent per year. There's accelerated growth where you're invested in different growth strategies or there's hyper growth strategies where you're prepared to risk a lot of things in order to push faster. And in a lot of companies you have to do that. You don't have a choice because unless you're in the top couple of um, businesses, you're going to lose anyway. It's just going to be a slow painful death. So a lot of people have much higher risk tolerances or are prepared to win or lose totally. Whereas a lot of SMEs, you can't be rolling the dice like that because you can't lose your family's livelihood. You can't lose everything that you've saved up for. But that's the game we're in. 
And it's understanding where you sit from a risk tolerance point of view, but not necessarily just becoming a gambler. Because a lot of people go, oh, I'll just risk it all. As someone who's done that a few times, in, as I've mentioned early on, it's fine when you say it. It's equally um, exhilarating when you're doing it and equally heartbreaking when you lose from it. And you have to understand whether you can recover from that. If this didn't come off, could you recover? And you have to be really, really clear with um, yourself around that. If you lost what you've currently built and you lost it all, would you mentally recover from that? Because then you start working out where your tolerance is and you can sort of ratchet down the, the amount of risk you need to take. Because not everyone wants to be the number one player in their industry. A lot of SMEs um, say, oh, I want to be number one. But what they're talking about is number one in their suburb, number one in their community, number one in their um, state, whatever it is. But not many people want to dominate the whole world. They, they say it but really they're not even, not even close to being prepared or will do that. So I guess for today, Nigel, um, evaluating where your constraints are as a leader and working out where you are happy to take calculated risks or preparing yourself for the risks you are going to need to take. So when you get to the point of having to make a decision, it's not a decision anymore. It's already just part of a process that you've pre-set up. And I think um, one of the things that's really helped me in the past was paying myself as an employee in my companies. And for those of you who haven't got the resources yet, We've all gone through it so don't worry about that. You'll eventually get to it where you can pay yourself as an employee but I then look at all the other money or all the extra money the business makes is not my money. It's me as the CEO investing capital to grow the company. If I look at it as it's my money to go and do this, it's my money to spend on a recruiter, it's my money to go get branding, it's my money to build a new website. You start thinking you're losing a hell of a lot of money whereas you should be looking at it as I get paid by this company to do a job as a CEO. The company allows me to free up this much more extra resource to invest in things that are going to get us to our strategic goal faster. As soon as you start to distance yourself from you spending your own money, it's a lot easier to make decisions that need to be made for businesses that want to grow faster. The challenge is if you don't do that, it always feels like you're paying for things and that can really mess with your brain. But remember, we're talking about people who want to grow businesses here, not people who just want to be self-employed. There's a lot um, of difference between someone who just wants to build a business that they're still working in and they just want it to be a bit smoother. That's a bit different. But for people who want to grow a company that gets others involved, that runs itself that's an asset that's self-growing well you have to evaluate where are my constraints going to kick in and how do I deal with them and particularly around capital and capital investment when you're on a journey where it's probably been hard for you in the first few years to make ends meet to do all that you must evaluate this and you must condition your brain to be able to deal with what am I creating extra money for and what am I going to do with it. Um, and I don't think we can really like 
that theory of constraints and the decision-making process that's put behind it um, is applicable to everyone, whether you're, whether you're growing a large-scale organisation or whether you are self-employed. You can put it into your personal life as well. Just that decision-making gives you – you can't hide from the reality of it once you ask those questions over and over and keep digging. Absolutely, and in personal life even more so, which is you know, why am I so tired? Well, I have erratic sleep patterns. Why do I have erratic sleep patterns? Because I can't sleep because I'm stressed by the business. Why are you stressed by the business? Because um, we don't have enough sales. Why don't we have enough sales? Because I have no time to do sales. Great. Why don't you have enough time to do sales? Because I spend too much time on delivery. Great. Why do you spend too much time on delivery? Because I need someone to relieve me of delivery. Great. And you keep getting the problem. And yeah. you go, you can see how something's gone from um, a business problem to a personal problem. Oh, I, you know, another constraint. I wish I had more time to spend with my kids. Great. Why don't you have time to spend with your kids? Do you regularly make time to spend with your kids? No. Why? Because the business requires me. Why does the business require you? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And you can work yourself backwards. But particularly in um, when we're talking about being fulfilled and happy in life, you need to start asking these questions. Don't accept it. Don't just cop it. It clears away a lot of the frustrations. If you can, once you get the process down and can keep asking those questions, um, it clears away a lot of the trash around it. You go, oh, well, I can fix that or I can fix that step. I can take away that indecision to make a decision. Yeah, and, and it's only about knocking out one of the steps. You don't even have to get it perfect, even if you don't get down to the root cause of your problem. If you start making decisions that even at worst change the paradigm with your challenge, you're going to have a new problem. It'll, it'll still feel the same but you'll start to change the variables and that's half of it when something has been particularly entrenched for so long. I mean, we use it as a tactic here all the time. When someone is so um, pig-headed on not wanting to change something, we, we ask them to make an or do an experiment from a small part of that problem. When they run an experiment where they already expect to lose but they start seeing a different result, naturally they want to put that in the whole thing faster. But when we've been doing something the same way for so long and we're adamant that any other way wouldn't work, we're reluctant to give it a fair shot to try and fix it because particularly us as humans is imagine we had so much pain with this problem for so long and someone could give me a solution so quickly. It would mean that over all the years I've been in suffering that I didn't need to and the brain doesn't want to comprehend that it's been sitting in suffering for so long. And this is one of the big challenges we have working with um, established SMEs, someone who's been in business for a lot of years, that you start giving them some, um, I guess, different ways of approaching common problems that they've had. And because it sounds and feels so easy that it's actually quite hurtful for them personally because they realize that they've missed something and they not only feel silly but they work out, well, where else have I missed stuff? And then you start getting that snowballing effect of, well, if this has been so easy to fix that's given me so much grief for so many years, what else have I missed in life that I could have a completely different life? And, you know, that's it, it doesn't – it's hard to comprehend but it doesn't work like that all the time because – even though, yes, that problem was easily solved that might have taken you years and years to try and fix. It doesn't mean you're a fool. It doesn't mean that um, it couldn't have been changed in the past. But right now you're ready for that change with all the attributes you currently have as a leader. And the only reason it's working for, is for who you are now based on the experiences you've had. But if you think that you've missed something or you've started too late or um, you know, you've, 
you, you've wasted time. It, it's just not that. That's a that's a great way to make yourself feel really poor about yourself, and you don't need to because that's not the case. It worked right now for the time based on who you are right now and the information you've got right now. So this is not about beating yourself up. Constraints are around not being scared to keep diving into your brain and asking the question. Something that didn't work a few years ago might be ready to work now. And that's the thing. We get a lot of people going, I tried that years ago. I go, then why didn't it work? And they sort of sit there because it doesn't work. I go, but it works for others. They go, but... And then you start thinking, well, why, what's the only ingredient that's changed? Well, it's you or it's your business or it's the time or it's the resource or whatever it is. But it's it's being bold enough to keep looking at your constraints and working out if I fix this, would it change anything? And if the answer is yes, then the answer is then fix it. Even if it's difficult, you've got to keep doing it until you find the solution to that problem. Because as soon as you remove that constraint, it basically knocks the whole leg out of the problem. It might completely dissolve the whole thing. And that's the, that's the idea behind all of this is how do you knock out the leg of this problem because the rest of it will fall down then. You don't have to fix something that's taken years and years. You just got to get to the core problem and knock it out. And then see what other problems it raises. Yeah, because yeah. generally the, you, if you knock out the main thing, that problem collapses on itself. It doesn't mean there aren't other things we need to adjust or change or um, re-strategize. But you'll essentially kill that problem and leave yourself with some new solutions, which is what we want in business and life. Perfect. Mm, so um, I guess maybe thought for the day, Nigel, <laughs> is um, work out something that's really bugging you Ask yourself, why is it really bugging me? And um, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so simple. <laughs> but if you keep asking that question, because um, we've been through this a number of times, the first answer is generally the one you're willing to accept. The one after that is the one you're not so willing to accept. But you keep asking the questions further and further down. And you'll get to a point where you just go, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I'm sorry, you've, you've just jogged my memory too, Nigel, which is we, we should, there's probably one little caveat on this. And the one caveat it is this, you have to approach the problem with faith that it's solvable. If you're coming from a negative point of view where you think, oh, this is way too hard, it can't be solved, have a look around the world and look at whether that problem's ever been solved before. And if you're the one person who's not so, or, or invented something that needs solving and you're the one person working on that problem and you're fixing something that will change the whole of humanity, oh, you're not listening to this podcast. That's not you. There's no (laughs) chance you're that person. No, it's not because I'm talking down to us but there are very few people in the world that are innovating at a point of global change and they're fixing a problem that has not been solved before. But if you're anyone who's basically got a business, say, sub 50 million, most likely your problems have been solved before and you're not doing all, a part of the problem in your business. Even if your business is so innovative and changing the world, most likely someone solved that problem as part of it. It doesn't, I don't want to, dim, I don't want to diminish, you know, your genius. But if you approach it with the fact of, oh, I'm the only one who's ever solved this, you're, you're even just think of the arrogance of having that. Think of the arrogance you would need to have thinking 
no one solved the problem you're struggling with. I mean, what sort of person do you need to be to have that <laughs> level of arrogance? I'm laughing because I'm just putting up a mirror of spending a decade thinking that we're all, we've all got special problems. But someone has solved your problem so it's not impossible and when it's not impossible it's 10 times easier. But as soon as you allow your brain to believe that fact that someone else has solved this, I just need to now find the solution or discover the solution, then you're laughing because then you're getting out of your own way and it makes it a hell of a lot easier to work out the best way and quickest way forward. And a lot of the time it's reframing the problem. So as Nigel will reframe yours to finish off, you know, I need, you're basically saying I need to find more time. And if you reframe it from I need to find more time, which is how can I find more time, you start working in the world of possibility. And as leaders, we must work in the, the world of possibility because if we work from the world of scarcity, problems are very, very difficult to solve. But when you open up and ask the question in a way that offers endless possibility, creativity, innovation, and frankly, fun occur. That's the game we're in, which is um, playing with our brains. So I think um, for those of you who had questions, thank you for the feedback on the podcast in recent weeks. Any questions, remember to shoot them through and we'll discuss it. But as we uh, touched on before, if you, um, you're feeling stuck or you're feeling slow or you're feeling like that things are difficult for you, take a breath, ask the question and work out really where is your constraint right now. And if you suddenly go, I just need more money, don't allow simplistic answers to cloud the solution. Go deeper. Find out what is really the constraint right now and why that constraint occurs because as soon as you can make a small step in that um, part of the problem, you're laughing. The rest of the road will open up for you. Have a great week, team. See you soon. Bye.